Well, good morning. Talking about Elijah again today. We kicked off that series last week, and I thought it was really good, really powerful. Uh, we finished up a few weeks ago a series on Elisha, which gets confusing. There's two big, mighty prophets from the Old Testament, Elijah, Elisha. Why their names had to be so similar? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but today, spoiler alert, we are actually talking about one of the biggest competitions that ever happened in the Bible. It's one of my favorite Bible stories because I, I love competition. I love sports. I love watching sports. Last couple of years, I've kind of got back into playing some sports, basketball, some church league softball, and shameless plug here, but um, church league basketball season is around the corner, so everybody can start getting in shape, getting ready for that. Um, Sports competitions, I love it. I've also had the joy the last couple of years of coaching my kids as we've gotten into this whole youth sports madness thing that is like taking over so many people's lives. And um, and I say madness on purpose. Uh, but one of like the things that just like, I'm strange. Those of you that know me know this. And one of my weird pet peeves is when kids say they're versing someone. Like, no, you're not. That's not a word. No. Like, like, who are we versing today? Nobody. We're not versing. Oh, I thought we had a game. We do. We're playing this team. Oh, I thought we were versing. No. That's not a word. Stop it. Okay. Drives me nuts. All right. If you have your Bibles um, or if you have a phone, open up the Bible app. We're going to be in 1 Kings today, mostly in chapter 18. Um, as you're turning there, I just want to say something that is very important to God. I think the most important thing to God, we're also be talking about today and really every week, is that the thing God cares about the most is our hearts. God wants our hearts. God wants people, humans. He wants our hearts. He wants our complete devotion. He wants our complete attention. He wants our complete worship. He doesn't want to split worshiping, giving attention to all of these. God wants our focus. He wants our heart on him which then makes sense if you are Satan, if you are the enemy of God, that you would try to, what? You would try to distract the humans. Get the humans away from focusing on God because Satan really could care less about us, but he hates God. So he wants to do whatever he can to hurt God, which means dividing our attention. Well, last week, um, we kicked off this whole Elijah thing. Uh, we saw that he had to go and confront the evil King Ahab. Everybody say, evil King Ahab. That didn't sound evil enough. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there today. Um, evil King Ahab, the, the nation of Israel was God's chosen people. And they had like, pretty much every king they had was evil. They had like no good ones. Um, they were like 17 bad ones in a row by the time they got to Ahab. And then Ahab and his wife Jezebel were like, extra bad, like extra, extra bad. And one of the extra, extra bad things they did was they not only continued the worship of these false gods, but they actually enhanced it. They like got more people to come and worship these false gods, the false gods of Baal, and then his wife, Asherah, which we're going to be talking about today as well. And, you know, they were, they were false gods, but they were, the entire country was focused on worshiping them instead of worshiping the one true God, which seems weird. Why would you do that? But as we find out today, I think we all kind of do that too. So if you're taking notes, I think this is in it. I kind of forget what we put in the notes. So if I miss something, sorry. If there's extra things, you're welcome. 
Here we go. Um, our key idea for today, false gods promise what only the true God provides. False gods are going to promise things that only the true God provides. For example, money, probably the most popular false god, especially here in our context in America, right? Money, it's very popular. What does it do? It promises things that only the true God can actually provide, right? Money says, if you have enough of me, if you have enough money, then you'll be happy. Then you'll be secure, right? And so we start to worship this God of money, making sure I have enough of it because it's going to bring with me happiness. And I saw the meme that money can't buy happiness, but it can buy jet skis, which bring happiness, right? But it's a false God. What does it bring? Things that only the true, what does it promise? Only things the true God can provide because I don't care how many jet skis you have, all of a sudden your kid gets sick, money's not providing you happiness, right? All of a sudden you get that note, that call from the doctor that you've only got a couple weeks to live and all of a sudden that money's not bringing you security. False gods promise what only the true God can provide. I believe as we look through the life of Elijah, this mighty prophet, he's going to help us understand this principle. Because when Elijah was alive, fighting, you know, confronting this evil king Ahab and his wife Jezebel, people were living very idolatrous lives. They were worshiping and serving lots and lots and lots of false gods. Pastor Scott did a great job last week setting all of that up. Where we ended last week, Elijah had to go and tell this king there's going to be a huge drought, which is a really big deal. I mean, it'd be a really big deal if it happened to us now, but now we've got, you know, shipping and things where we can kind of still, you know, whatever. Back then, 3,000 years ago, no rain, no food. Problems. Large problems. It would not be a fun message to give to a king, by the way. Can you imagine like, going into the king, going into the castle, and like, hey, so guess what? Everyone's about to hate you because we're going to have a huge drought. So thanks for that. I'm out. Bye. Follow me on Twitter. Bye. Right? So Elijah, after delivering that message, has to go into hiding because evil king Ahab is now trying to find him and kill him and has his army and scouts out everywhere searching for Elijah because he thinks if I can kill him, then we'll end this drought. Well, we pick up the story today. We are three years into this drought. That's a long time. Three years into this drought. Remember our key, our key idea today, false gods are going to promise what only the true God provides. So these false gods, Baal and Asherah, had been promising, if you follow us, right, if you worship us, then we're going to bring you crops. We're going to bring the rain, right? Asherah was like God kind of of the rain, and Baal was the sun god, so sun and fire and, you know, other things that, you know, photosynthesis, all that that I learned in school in theory, 35 years ago, like all that stuff, right? They can provide that. God's like, hey, guess what? Only I can provide those things. Three years into this drought. That's where we pick up the story. When Elijah and Ahab meet again. Uh, just, we're going to start in verse 17. It's, I think it's on your note sheets. You can read along or just listen. When Ahab, when the king saw Elijah, he says to him, is that you? You troubler of Israel. I have not made trouble for Israel, Elijah replied, but you and your father's family have. You have abandoned the Lord's commands and you have followed the Baals. I love how this starts us out because this is 
a recurring theme we're going to see in this story, and why it's one of my favorite stories, is Elijah just immediately like just sends that like smack talk right back at him, right? Like Elijah knows he's trying to kill him. There's a whole story we kind of skipped in that whole process because we don't have time for it. But Elijah comes to the king. The king's like, it's you, you troubler, you troublemaker. Things I heard a lot as a kid, you troublemaker. And Elijah's like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 no. I'm not the troublemaker here. Like, yeah, I brought the, you know, I told you the drought was happening, but this is your fault. No, 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 no. This is on you, buddy. You are responsible for this. You abandoned the Lord. You are following Baal. This is on you. You, king, have committed the sin of idolatry and served false gods, not me. Not me. You. All right, here's a couple big words. In case you ever want to like try and impress somebody, here's some big words you can throw out there and make yourself look smart. If that's if that's you, monotheism and polytheism. Monotheism it's the belief that there is only one God. All of the many religions in the world, all of them fail into these fall into these two categories. As Christians, as followers of Jesus, we are in the monotheism camp. We are monotheistic. We believe that there is only one. God. Now, sometimes this gets confusing because the one God that we serve has like three persons. We call it doctrine of the Trinity. We have like God the Father, God the Son, that is Jesus, and we also have God the Holy Spirit. And it gets really confusing. It's one God. It's three persons. If you want to learn more about that, let's get some coffee this week because it's confusing. But that's the, the like simple, easy version to a very complex thought. Okay, monotheism, belief in one God. That's what we believe as Christians, one God. And there's also the belief of polytheism, or this belief that there are many gods, there are multiple gods. And back when Elijah was living, this is the the predominant thought. This is the predominant view. There are many, 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 many gods. Think kind of like, you know, Greek mythology, Roman mythology. There's all like, that's kind of the same idea. The people back then just believed and all is a God of this, 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 a God of this. So Elijah was confronting a very polytheistic culture where they're worshiping all of these different gods. And as Christians, like I said, we believe one God, monotheistic. We believe in God, in Yahweh. But sometimes our lifestyle looks different, right? We believe, we 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 believe up here, we say. No, I only believe in God. That's it. But then our lifestyles sometimes begin to look polytheistic, where we're serving, where we're worshiping, where we're giving most of our attention to other false gods. And remember our key idea today, that false gods promise what only the true God can provide. But if I look at our lifestyles, if I look at my lifestyle way too often, my main focus isn't on God. My main focus isn't on living the way that God wants me to live. My main focus is on, I mean, really me. It's really on the things that I want. And the enemy knows this. And so he will start to attack us with these things. And all of a sudden we start worshiping you know, money. We start worshiping trying to get more possessions. And we've all got some of those things that start creeping in, Right? Maybe it's your car. Maybe it's having the perfect yard. I don't understand those people, but if you've seen my yard, you know this. As we've gotten into this youth sports thing, we have three elementary kids, and like 
honestly, for a lot of people, it's youth sports. It's their kids being the best third grade football player in the history of Lenaway County. Good for you. Okay, I gotta watch my, my words carefully here. For a lot of people, that takes their focus, that takes their attention. All of a sudden, if you look at their lifestyles, like everything is centered around this one thing and it's no longer focused and centered around God. And we say, I am monotheistic. I believe that there is one true God and I serve the one true God, but also my life looks like this. And it looks very different. And there's a thousand things that that can be. So I think this morning, or if you're watching online, whatever time it is you're watching this, we need to pause before we move on. And we need to spend a minute, maybe a little less, maybe a little more, and be honest with ourselves. What false gods are we serving? If we took an honest look, that's a hard thing to do, but a very necessary thing to do, and put the microscope on my life, am I claiming a monotheistic view, but living out a polytheistic lifestyle? Honestly, for me, one, and I've got a lot of them. I've got a lot of issues in my life. But one of the false gods that I tend to serve is church, is ministry. Is I start thinking, I, get, I start getting my identity from what I'm doing at the church. What people am I helping? What ministry am I being a part of and helping to do and helping to lead? And all of a sudden that starts to become, what am I, what am I, what am I? Instead of my attention being, on God, on God, on God. Even something that seems really good, like this, this ministry, I'm helping people, like even that can become a false God, a false idol because it becomes focused on me instead of being focused on God. Maybe it's your family, maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's finances. I don't know. I don't know what it is for you. But I know we all have that struggle because we're humans. Because what do we know about Satan, about the enemy? Is he's trying to distract our heart and our mind away from God because that's the thing that God desires the most is for our hearts and our minds to be focused on him. So Satan's trying to constantly distract us. So Elijah is living in a very polytheistic world. He goes back to evil King Ahab and he challenges him to a contest. To a duel. I love this part because I love contests. Anything on ESPN, I'll watch it. Except, except golf. That's, I can't, that's too much. So he goes to the king and he's like, we're going to do this. We're going to have a battle. And king's like, you're a person. I'm a king. I have an army. Yes, let's do it. And Elijah's like, no, 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 not like that. Here's what I want you to do. You're going to go and you're going to go get 450 prophets of Baal. That's a lot of prophets. He says, you're going to go get 400 prophets of Asherah from Queen Jezebel's table. Anybody got a table that fits 400 people? That's a huge Thanksgiving. Go get all these prophets, and we're going to have a contest. We're going to see who's the real God, who's the true God. We're going to have a God-off, a competition. 
a contest. This would be huge. He says, get everyone in the nation of Israel, like everyone. We're going to take a couple of weeks. We're going to promote it everywhere. I want as many people here to watch as possible. King Ahab's like, let's do it. And then if you lose, I get to kill you, right? And Elijah's like, yep, let's do it. Ahab's like, sweet. Here's my chance. So he does this. He goes, gets all of his prophets, this contest. All of a sudden, all these people show up, the whole nation of Israel. All 850 of these prophets of these false gods show up. And we got a contest straight for ESPN on primetime, baby. Here we go. The day comes, Elijah walks out in front of the people. And he explains how this contest is going to work. He says, listen, you prophets of Baal, you guys go. You find two bulls. I'm not even going to do it. You go. You can get the bulls. You get them. We'll each get a bull. We're going to prepare a sacrifice. But don't burn it. They would do these sacrifices where they would burn the offerings. We're not going to get all that. But that's just what they would do, right? So we're going to get these offerings. We're going to prepare them. And then we're each going to call. You guys, you guys calling your gods. You guys calling Baal and Asherah. And then I'm going to call on the one true God, on Yahweh, to send fire down and burn these offerings. And the prophets of Baal are like, do you see serious right now? Like, that's what that, that's the contest? Like, he knows that Baal, like, he's sun god. Like, sun, hot, heat, fire. Like, he picked the wrong battle. Like, what is he doing? Yeah, they're like, yes, we're in. See, Elijah, with direction from God as a prophet, intentionally sets up this contest to have every disadvantage possible. He gave them every advantage possible, right? There's 450 prophets of Baal. 450, verse 1. Your God's a God of fire? Sweet. We'll make it a battle of fire. Awesome. You guys, you pick the bulls. You, and you know what? You can even go first. They're like, this guy's nuts. This guy's insane. Sweet. Then Elijah steps up in front of the people while the prophets are getting the stuff all ready. And he says this. I love this part. He gets up for the whole people. He does his whole prophet thing. And he's like, people of Israel, how long will you waver between two opinions? You're sitting here wavering. You know about God, but you keep following these other gods. How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. If Baal is God, Follow him. Elijah ups the stakes. He's like, whoever wins this battle, they win. They get everybody. Everybody here. At the end of this battle, you're all following him or you're all following him. No more of this wishy-washy in the middle stuff. No more of this, well, I kind of follow Baal on these days. And then when I need this, I kind of go over here and follow God. But the most of the time, I just kind of do my thing and don't pay attention to anybody. And I just do movies. Like, no. He's like, no more wavering. No. You're in, you're out. You're going to follow him. You're going to follow him. That's it. No more wavering. I think if Elijah were here today, and I don't know because I'm not Elijah, might want to tell us the same thing. Quit wavering. Quit wavering. How many of us do the same thing? 
we have our false gods that we follow. We live this polytheistic lifestyle most of the time. And Elijah would be like, stop wavering. Just pick one. Pick one and go all in. I don't care what you pick. Just pick one. Enough of this wishy-washy stuff. You're like, hey, God, can you, if you could keep me out of hell, that'd be great. But you know what? Um, I'm going to go do whatever I want. Mm. We say, oh, God, hear my prayer. Oh, God, bless me. But, you know, I'm not going to obey any of your commands. Yeah, that sounds tricky. God, I want all the good things, but, you know, I'm not going to stop any of my bad habits. So it's not how it works. Quit wavering. Be in or be out. Choose. Quit wavering. We've got to stop wanting all the benefits without being able to make any of the sacrifices. Quit wavering. So Elijah sets up this whole context, right? We're going to do this contest. He tells them, they're like, you're an idiot. We're going to win this for sure. And Elijah's like, cool. Because Elijah knows something, right? He knows that false promise, false pro- false God's promise that only the true God provides. So Elijah, he's like, all right, it's go time. Start the clock. You guys are up. Do your thing. So they, you know, start dancing around being crazy. Elijah's like, sweet. I'm going to go hang out. Goes, gets a chair. This is how I picture it. It's probably not how it really happened, but so I picture it in my demented head. So I picture Elijah. He goes, he gets his chair. It's hot outside, you know, in the Middle East. It's a desert climate. Gets sunglasses out. Gets his nice big, you know, probably coffee, because he's a man of God. He drank coffee. He just sits and waits. Do your thing, guys. Go ahead. Yep. You go ahead. Do your call on, call on bail, call on Asher. Let's see what they do. All right. Just chilling. Just hanging out. The Bible says from morning till noon, these prophets. I'm gonna trip on something up here today. These prophets are over here. They're dancing around. They're going crazy. They're screaming. They're yelling. They're going nuts. Morning till noon. Nothing. Nothing. So they get louder. They scream more. They get more people involved. They start getting people from the crowd. Hey, come here, help us. Come here, help us. And they start doing all this crazy stuff. They're doing the first ever TikTok dances. See, TikTok dances are bad. It's in the Bible. They're doing all this different stuff. (laughs) Trying to get his attention. Meanwhile, Elijah, he's just chilling. Good job, guys. How's it going over there? And here's my first, here's, here's, Here's like my favorite part. Elijah starts mocking them. Now this is, I have to give out this caveat first. This does not give us, you know, permission to to mock people. It's very important. But Elijah does it. So Elijah, he starts saying, hey, maybe you should be louder. Maybe, maybe Baal just can't hear you. Just go be louder. (laughs) Oh, maybe, maybe he's, maybe it's, maybe it's his nap day. Maybe yesterday was leg day, and so he's just taking a nap today. Yeah, that's probably what's going on. He just starts messing with them. He starts messing with them. And then, so maybe, he's, maybe he's traveling. That's, oh, that's right. You guys forgot to check his Google calendar. He's on vacation. He's up north going to Java Joe's today. He's up there. Because maybe he's sleeping. Um, maybe he's deep in thought. Maybe he's busy. 
And I don't know why biblical translators do what biblical translators do, because they're way smarter than me. But if you look up this word for busy here, it's not really busy. The actual, the actual Hebrew that gets translated into English here is um, going to the bathroom. So that's great. My, <laughs> I just, I'm just trying to picture this whole event happening, right? Elijah's just sitting here like, hey, make louder. Maybe he can't hear you. <coughs> Hold it together, Elijah. Hold it together. <coughs> hey, maybe, maybe he's on vacation. <coughs> Hold it together. It's okay. It's, maybe he's taking a nap. Hey, maybe he's just taking a dump. <coughs> That's funny. Okay, that's funny. And if you laughed at that, that means you probably should be serving with middle schoolers. Just, just saying that. That's um, okay. We're gonna move on. Um, all this goes on all day, morning to noon. Elijah starts mocking them. They keep going. They keep going. They keep going. Doing their dances, screaming. They eventually start like cutting themselves. They're going like all in. Nothing. Nothing. No fire from him. Nothing. And sometimes we read, and we're like, well, of course there's nothing. Take these off now, sorry. ADD. Um, we think, well, of course, like, it's, it's just like these false gods. They're not real, right? They're just these wooden stone statue things, and mostly that's true. But there are, you know, like, there was a lot of people following these false gods. There were some spiritual evil forces behind them that no doubt were trying to do something here this day because they knew that this was a huge competition between them and Yahweh for the hearts and the minds of this huge group of people. But this shows us how strong our God is, right? This shows us how strong the one true God is, right? Yahweh, the God that we serve, that Elijah served, that these other evil spirits were trying, no doubt, to send some fire to do something to be seen this day. And Yahweh's like, nope, nothing. Eventually, this whole thing's gone on. Elijah stands up. He doesn't start dancing. He doesn't start screaming. He doesn't start yelling. He just stands up. Because he doesn't need to do all that crazy stuff to get God's attention. Because Elijah knows that God cares enough about us that God's always paying attention. God always listens. God cares enough to always be close. If God doesn't feel close, it's because of us, not because of him. There's a whole message right there that we don't have time to get into, but that's an awesome thought, right? Elijah doesn't need to go do all that stuff. Elijah just stands up and he's like, all right, guys, my turn. And he prays. How, how, how beautiful, how powerful of a picture. All day, 450 people dancing, screaming, yelling, cutting themselves, going nuts. Elijah's like, just got to pray, guys. What's our most powerful weapon? How often do we not use that weapon? He prays, Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant. And I have done all these things at your command. Elijah didn't do this stuff, right? Giving credit back to God. 
Answer me, O Lord, answer me. Listen to this part. Listen to this part close. So that these people will know, O Lord, that you are God and that you are, you are what? That you are turning their hearts back to you. What does God care about? Our hearts. What's this whole thing about? I mean, I'm sure God wanted to really just kind of squash these prophets. God wanted to show up and show out and be like, hey, you guys think these guys are strong. Hey, cool. Check this out. Mostly, God wanted their hearts. God wanted their minds. Does God care about all of the false gods that we serve? Sure. Does God care more about getting us in our hearts? Absolutely. Absolutely. Answer me, O Lord. Reveal yourself. Show us who you are. Reveal yourself by fire that we may feel the heat of your love. Show us who you are so that we will turn our hearts back to you so you can turn the hearts of your people back again because they used to know you. They used to walk with you. They used to serve you. They used to worship you, but these false gods have taken your place. Turn their hearts back again. As I read this, I feel so, I feel so strong for so many of us that have, that have been in those shoes, that maybe are in those shoes right now. That we used to walk with God. I used to serve God. I used to worship God. But I just have not felt God lately. I've tried. Maybe I haven't really tried. Maybe I'm just going through the motions, but I just have not felt the presence and the peace and the power of God lately. And need to turn our hearts back. God is trying to reveal himself to us today so that we will turn our hearts back to him again. Because when we see God, when we experience God, when all of these people, because then God, as soon as Elijah prays this, you know, fireballs from heaven come, you know, that burns up the whole sacrifice, burns up the offering. Before Elijah says his prayer, he actually goes one step further. He's like, hey guys, before I pray, can you guys just douse all of this with water just so there's no doubt? And it's soaking. There's no way this thing should have burnt up. But God's like, check it out. When they saw that power, when they experienced God, all of the nation of Israel was like, uh, time to quit wavering. Bye, Bill. Follow God, right? How many of us are in that state where we are living a polytheistic lifestyle, where we are serving other things? We have put other things in the pedestal of our life above God, above the one true God, above Jesus. And we're like, well, I didn't see a giant fireball from heaven come down. I'm pretty sure if you go home today, you're like, okay, God, put an X in my backyard, fireball. <laughs> I mean, you try it, get it on video if you're going to try it, because I would love, you know, if a fireball comes up, that'd be awesome, but more than likely, that's probably not going to happen. But that doesn't mean God hasn't showed up in our lives, right? These people hadn't met Jesus yet. Jesus hadn't come down to earth yet. So they're like, we got a fireball from heaven. And I'm like, we saw God's son 
come to earth, the thing he helped create, to show us a better way to live, to be an example for us, to teach us, to eventually die for us. Why? Because God wants our heart. And these false gods keep promising things that only the true God can provide. And we're like, I haven't seen this fireball from heaven, but we have we haven't seen, we didn't live there 2,000 years ago. But you know what I mean? We have read, we have experienced, we know about Jesus. So perfect we had that song this morning. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I love that song. Just blast it and just scream, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Because when we experience Jesus, we turn our hearts over to him. This message that Elijah gave the Israelites 3,000 some years ago, it applies to us. It applies to me. It applies to you. Quit wavering. Gotta go all in. Gotta go all in on this Jesus thing. Or go all in on whatever the other thing is that you want to go all in on. If you want to go all in on your finances, do it. If you want to go all in on youth sports, do it. If you want to go all in on your yard, do it. If you want to go all in and have the coolest collection of shoes ever, do it. Or go all in on Jesus. But we got to stop this wavering, this back and forth, this I go to Jesus when I think I want him, and then I go back to other stuff that I want to do, and then I go back to Jesus. And like, no, 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 go all in. That's the question we're asking you to do today. Make that commitment today. Say, I'm all in. I am all in with you, Jesus. I'm all in with you today, God. I am going to stop wavering, God. Forgive me for wavering. Forgive me for living this idolatrous lifestyle. Forgive me for all of that, Jesus. And I am all in. You can have all of my heart. You can have all of my mind. I'm done with this other stuff. There's promising things that only you can provide, Jesus. I am all in on you. And I don't know where you're at this morning, but I know every one of us has a step to take. Some of you, maybe you're confused about this whole Jesus thing. Keep coming, keep learning. You can still make that choice today to say, I'm still figuring this out, but I'm all in. I want that. I want love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kind. I want that in my life. I want that fruit that only comes from following Jesus. Those things that only God can provide, not these other false gods. Maybe you've been a follower of Jesus for years and 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 you're just like, yeah, I'm just kind of going through the motions right now. When I honestly look inward at my life, I'm like, yeah, God is not on the pedestal. Maybe he's not even second, third, or fourth. Maybe he's, you know, he's in there somewhere, but he's down there pretty far. We all need to quit wavering. Maybe some of you are doing great right now. And you're like, I'm on fire for God. He is number one in my life. He is on that pedestal. I am all in. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Like, that's so awesome. Today, celebrate that. And figure out how are we going to keep some boundaries up because those other false gods are going to try and creep back in. The enemy's not going to leave you alone. I can promise you that. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask you to pray with me. And wherever you're at in your journey with Jesus, whether you're just beginning it, whether you've been a follower of Jesus for 
years and years and years and years and years and years and years. Today, make that commitment. Stop wavering. We're going to stop following these false gods that are promising things that only the true God can provide. Stop wavering. Will you pray with me? God, we love you. We thank you for Elijah and his obedience to you in doing some really hard, scary things. Thank you for whoever recorded this in 1 Kings so that we can also learn from these messages that Elijah was delivering to the people on your behalf, from this contest that Elijah did on your behalf. Mostly, Jesus, for this message that you gave Elijah to tell the people that we need to hear to quit wavering. God, I ask that you will speak to us, that you will make it known to us, clear to us, what false gods are we serving? Because the first step in all of this, Jesus, is being honest and open and understanding what those things are. And then, Jesus, I pray you will bring people into our lives that we can be real and vulnerable with, and we can talk about this, and we can really get the help that we need. It's one thing to make a commitment here this morning. And then we need people to help us continue that commitment. God, I pray you help all of us to quit wavering, that we will go all in, that Crossroads will be known as a church that is all in on you, on Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. We love you. We pray us all in your amazing holy name. Amen.